And this is a Good Story is Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. That's right. And this this time we're going to talk about the reality of cricket. <laughs> it is very real. It is extremely real. I almost real. understand it, except for bowling overs Some... or hitting overs. I don't know the overs. Oh my gosh. But we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot I don't get about cricket still, um, but this is fun. Um, we're, I do now understand wickets, and when you say <laughs> that's not cricket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, so we're talking about um, Lagan. Once Upon a Time in India is a movie from 2001 starring our friend Amir Khan. Yay! <laughs> Yay! And this is episode 286 of A Good Story is Hard to Find. Um, but yes, what a, what a movie this is. And yeah, talk, talk about what, you know, why you picked it and, um, and uh, just how you came across it. I always find that interesting. Okay, this, this has the distinction of being the first Indian movie that my husband and I, and indeed anyone in our family, ever watched. Hmm. We watched it, as did anyone who watched it in America, I have a feeling, because it was one of the five movies nominated for Best Foreign Film at the Oscars that year. Mm. Although we watched it a few years later. I had read a blog post. This is back when blogging was a big thing, because this is a 2001 movie. And on a friend's blog, I had read them talking about this amazing movie they'd seen, and I thought, huh. And a few years later, we got the DVD and watched it. And not knowing anything about Indian movies, we were enchanted. Until it got to the end of the DVD, and we're like, well, that's a funny place to end the movie. But, well, all right. <laughs> and then we picked up the case and went, oh, that's because this was the first DVD. Here's the second DVD. <laughs> it's a four-hour movie. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And we looked at each other and went, eh, it's a Saturday night. It's not that late. Let's go. So you're like, I wonder who won that game. Yeah. Yeah. It was the thing. It's just going, well, I, I feel like it's strangely unfinished. And it was because there was a lot of resolution happening oh later. Oh my goodness. So anyway, that left us going, well, how can we find more like this? And I've read other stories of people doing the same thing. And like us going somewhere and hopefully renting another movie and going, this is so Indian that we're not trained to watch it. So that when suddenly somebody's at someone's sick bed and they look up and start singing with the captions going as fast as the words are coming out of the person's mouth. So you can't really read them. Mm. And they're suddenly up in a tree singing and then they're <laughs> down in a field singing and then they're back in the hut singing and then they're you know riding in a rickshaw singing. And we're just like, nope. Nope, this isn't happening for us. And then wow. we gave them up for a long time. So, <laughs> um, but this movie was one that we pushed on everybody because it was just so great. And so, when you said you wanted to do summer blockbusters, yeah, I thought, what better? This is it's an epic story, and as Roger Ebert said in his review, it's unlike anything we've ever seen, but it's utterly familiar because we all know this kind of a plot. Interesting. Oh, that's well put. Yeah. 
Well, it was Roger Ebert, so of course <laughs> it was perfectly put. Yeah, yeah. Unlike anything I've ever seen, you know, because I, I don't know cricket, but still, it just well. is our, you know, our typical story, uh, sports story, really. You know, underdog. But, but I think and all that it's stuff. not a. But you know, it's funny because people will talk about it and say it's a sports movie, but it's not a sports movie. The sports is the vehicle through which the oppressed are freeing themselves from the oppressors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we could talk about that later, but one person makes a point when he comes to join the team and he says, I fight the British however I can. If I do it through sport, I do it through sport. In a lot of ways, this movie makes me think of the Magnificent Seven. Mm. You have the oppressed villagers who don't feel like they can fight back. They take the opportunity to go hire people who can do it. These villagers don't have that opportunity. There's no one they can go to who's going to help them. Mm-hmm. But one plucky young man agrees to a an impossible bet, which happens to involve cricket. Yeah, that's my opinion. But uh, because otherwise, more of the movie would be about that. Yeah, so it's it's not about cricket, right? Um, you know, same way you know, like Moneyball. Um, but right. but I, I think the typical sports movie plot is that you have an underdog who is facing, you know, Goliath in some sporting event mm-hmm. and somehow manages to get through that, you know. Um, so but that's the plot of also every World War II movie about sure. the great escape. That mm-hmm. So I feel like you, if you call it a sports movie, that makes it about the sport. Okay. Or yeah. the people who are playing the sport as sporting people. So I saw, we saw 83 recently which is about the World Cup in 1983. I guess it was the World Cup. I watched the whole movie. It is all cricket. (laughs) There's not even gathering the team. Uh We're here at the cricket finals. (laughs) Let's get to know people as they play the Mm -hmm. game. And Mm -hmm. you're just like, holy crap, my mother, after about 20 minutes, went, I cannot take this much cricket and left. And we just wound up being enthralled anyway, because that's how well done it was. But it wasn't like this movie. And this movie... So um, it combines a lot of themes, I think. It, it's got, you know, it's the underdog having to find their way to express themselves. Think of RRR, mm-hmm. which we both watched independently. Yes. That's it. about the underdog. Mm-hmm. It's right. about the champions of the underdog, but they're equipping the other people so that they can have a revolution against the British mm-hmm. in India. Yeah. Of course. Right. So, um we so have to talk this about RRR. Using... Oh. <laughs> RRR is going on the list. So, because it is awesome. It's amazing. You want to talk about the best wrap yourself in the flag mm-hmm. moment in the world. For sure. You've got it. Yeah, it's over um, the top. Love it. It might be the first time that you pick an Indian movie. <laughs> Maybe so. I don't know. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, so I feel mm-hmm. like um, I've gotten really scattered. So, basically, let me just tell the basic story, which is, as we've said, universal, but in this way, because it's once upon a time in India. It's very particular to India also. It's a village that's in a area that's having extreme drought. The monsoons are not coming every year like they should, and they, as farmers, desperately count on that for all their crops to grow. At the same time, The British Raj, which is the East India Company and later supported by the British government, is there as the overlords. And as the voiceover makes clear, done by Amitabh Bakchan, our friend from Piku, who was Mm. the old grouchy uh, grandfather. 
Very nice. Father. Very cool. Yes. He's he's the grand old man to, of Indian cinema. So when okay. they could get him, you knew it was a good project. Yeah. But they um, count on the Raj to provide peace between the different Rajas, the different local kings. However, they're being extremely harsh. They're taking double lagan. Lagan means tax, like tax given as part of your crop. And so there's not enough to eat. And um, this particular village is under the control of an extremely sadistic young officer, Captain Randall. And this is often the theme in Indian movies. The, when you see the Raj, it's unusual that they're fairly neutral or even kind. They're usually like Nazis in American movies. That's kind of their role. And um, he winds up challenging the villagers to a cricket match to show that they're not as good as the British, you know, the, he's going to show, he's going to humiliate them <laughs> by having them play cricket with him. And there, cause there's an angry young man, Amir Khan plays Bhuvan, who would like to, uh, them to leave. And he's like, here's how I'll get the best of you. And he makes him decide whether he's going to accept the challenge, which he does. Cause he says, nothing will ever change unless we take this huge risk. Yeah. When the villagers are like, what's wrong with you? We're all going to die when we have to give triple Lagan. Because if they lose the game, they have to give triple. And if they win, they get no Lagan for three years. And plus everybody, all the villages from the whole province don't have to give Lagan. And pretty much after that, it's about them figuring out how to play cricket. Because the young man I always love, he says, it's just like Gilly Dundee. <laughs> we played this when we were kids. Which, when we were watching it, made us look up the rules for, not rules, but we looked up stick and ball games. And it turns out every culture around the world and every time has some evidence of some kind of a stick and ball game. <laughs> it's just a universal thing. Yeah. And of course, Gilly Dondi cool. is I, nothing I like that. cricket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is too fun. We just... Yeah, because he keeps saying it, but they're having to learn all the rules and all this stuff. So um, it's the team building, because most people don't want to do this, or they're fighting with each other. It's the um, motivation against the oppressor. It's the striving to have something better for yourself and your children. They keep saying, if we could just have all our crop for ourselves, mm, yeah. I could feed my children and even have some left over. Right. You know, that striving for human dignity, which yeah. is a very Catholic thing. Right. And, and unity um, and diversity is yes. also a very Catholic thing, you know, in the very yeah. Trinity, right? Um, but but right. it's just like, yeah, it's uh, because the, the India side, you know, you talk about team building and stuff. They had to overcome their own issues internally to pull that team together, right? Including, you yes. know, an untouchable, which I, I don't fully understand. Mm -hmm. um, but it was someone from a different cast that uh, was not acceptable. Is that right? Yeah, an extremely simplistic description of that is they are the ones whom wind up, who wind up um, collecting uh, garbage, human filth, mm. all the things, you know, they wind up doing all the things at the very lowest and therefore they are untouchable. Mm. And so nobody else should touch them. Yeah. So, <laughs> and we're kind of skipping ahead a little, but later in the movie when Bouvan 
touches this untouchable who's going to be their surprise pitcher because he's also handicapped. Hmm. One of his hands is twisted up. Yeah. Just like a birth defect or so, or an accident or something. He is untouchable and un, um, he seems like he can't do anything. So he's accepted into this group because he's got a skill they need. And of course, like all these groups, they wind up becoming close teammates at the end because they have the common goal of winning the game. Hmm. You have also a love triangle. It's not a lot of a triangle because <laughs> only one person thinks it's happening. Mm -hmm. But although I guess the other woman is quite jealous, so she knows what's going on. So uh, which is um, the sister of Captain Randall, who's just out from England. And she's, of course, as anybody of that time would be, very attracted to the young, handsome Indian peasant. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's when she goes, I don't have any other friends. You're like, oh, honey, there's a lot of nice officers who you could talk to to, to learn how to date before you go for this guy. Mm. Who you would have so much trouble with later. But, you know, that's also inclusiveness, right? Right, right. So um, a lot of these elements, and we've kind of skipped ahead, are what make it the um, fairy tale. Hmm. Once upon a time in India. <laughs> Once upon it's, a it's time. It's the big, yeah. But I mean, I think you have to key. You cannot forget that a lot of it is really wonderfully set in the period. You know, the dancing. When you look at the dancing, and there are some really great dance numbers, but at the festival. When they're dancing, the main star, Gracie Singh, <laughs> Gracie Singh, does uh, some movements that look unusual. You know, she'll stand in a certain pose with a foot up in an in a awkward-looking way. But she is classically trained in two different kinds of Indian folk dance. Hmm. So they were using a lot of those kind of movements to keep it close to the village. Cool. You know? Yeah. And the music sounds more like Indian folk music, which I personally love that kind of mm -hmm. music. The, um, the lyrics are very poetic and beautiful. Mm. So um, there's a lot of stuff like that that is your idealized village situation if you're telling a fairy tale. Mm. Gracie Singh was incredible. She's Wasn't she wonderful? Fun, yeah. She was so cute. <laughs> she is. She's so adorable. <laughs> she is, yes. Her jealousy of, um, I can't remember her name, but the woman, the sister. Let's see here. Oh, um, yeah, what was her character's well, name? Elizabeth. Her jealousy of, course, of the sister, of the Elizabeth, was so real. And then um, the way she kept hinting to Bouvan of, you know, we should get married. And he would just, uh, their chemistry was very good, her and Amir Khan, where he would just kind of like, oh, what? I don't, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. But he'd just have a little smile to himself because he's just teasing her. Because, of course, he loves her. That's going to happen that way. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So we've kind of scattered out again. But um, these are some just some fun elements of it. I think. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, yeah, but you did tell the, the general thing if anybody wants to see it before we talk deeper. But um, yeah, challenge to this cricket match with super high stakes. And uh, yes, they have to uh, create this to do, to do that. You know, and one of the things that Elizabeth does is um, she's like the one who can teach him how to play it. You know, because the guy, the guy who made the bet, the uh, Englishman, who is 
her brother. Yeah, but it, 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 he's, he's played so well because I, oh. I dislike that guy from the moment I saw him. <laughs> I, he was awful. Just he was wonderfully awful. Really, really well done. Uh, the actor's mm-hmm. name was Paul Blackthorne, which is a great name for a British actor. Um, and this but, was his first role. Oh, was and it he really? studied Hindi for six months. Oh my god! Before they started filming. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know. Yeah. Hopefully he's been in stuff since this, but he he's been in a lot of stuff. That's good. But he's I he thought was, he was excellent. Yeah. He was he was just uh, didn't like him, you know, which is yeah, he what, we, what in, we wanted in that character. <laughs> oh, he just was glorying and being awful. And if you want to chew it up, villain, just play one of the British Raj in one oh, of these movies. Man. So he was in ER in 24 a lot in 2004. He was Harry Dresden in the Dresden Files series, which hmm. didn't go on for terribly long. He was in Arrow for Arrow, um, okay. gosh six mm-hmm. years so he had a re- has had a really good career which made me happy because this is the only thing i've seen him in but i love him so mm-hmm. much he's yeah, just terrific. awful yeah you love to hate him so yeah so part of the key to this is he said you know well we'll challenge you to cricket but the indians don't know cricket so he gave him three months he says we'll play in three months and that gave him all this time to learn how to play, but their their conduit to learn how to play was Elizabeth, um, and she was spending time over that, and, and um, you know, creating a little family tension there between a sister well, and brother. <laughs> and she's watching her brother, who is just generally sadistic, just for fun. So when they're having lunch with the Raja, who's come in to say, "Can you please forgive the taxes for another year because we still don't have any rain." And I'm thinking at this time, I'm like, well, there's nothing to give for yeah, one thing. Yeah, doesn't I mean, exist. If you kill everybody, but you know the higher ups are fairly removed from this. This is just the guy in charge of administrating it. He seems to enjoy making everyone suffer. So he says, "Sure thing, if you will eat meat, I'll do it." And of course, the guy is Hindu and a vegetarian, and he says, "Oh, I can't." He says, "Oh, well, just eat that chicken leg." That's all it takes. What are you willing to do for your people? He says, well, I can't compromise my religious beliefs for this. So the captain has a way of touching on the things that are going to hurt people the most. Mm. And in fact, when the reason that the villagers get challenged to a cricket game is because um, Bhuvan is laughing at their cricket game when he sees the British playing it. Yeah. He's making fun of the game. This is just a stupid game. He says, oh, it's stupid. Is it? Can you play it? He goes, yeah, it's just like Gilly Dundee. Oh, really? Well, don't you dare make fun of us. So I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make the stakes. And he has to do it. He has to up the stakes three times before Bavon finally gives in and says, okay, I'll, I'll take that bet. Yeah. Yep. We're doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so but, um, yeah, that was good. Yeah, so what I was, uh, I forgot, the reason I was starting off with this is Elizabeth is seeing all this happen. Mm-hmm. And she never says anything. They don't give us a backstory. But you wonder if when she was a kid, you know, like he was torturing her cat or something. She doesn't yeah. seem surprised by it. She just says, you're being so unfair. Yeah, that's interesting insight there. You know, what was their past? Um, mm-hmm. Very interesting to think about that. Um, but yeah, yeah, she did see the whole thing and she was reacting to that. She's like, well, this is unfair. Let's see if I can even this up just a touch. Just yeah. by at least giving him the rules, you know? It's like <laughs> trying to play. figure out, you know, how to play baseball without knowing the rules. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like how many people do we need on a team? What right, do they do? Yeah. They don't know any of exactly. it. Exactly. And there are all these, all these rules that, um, you know, there's just a lot of them, but you know, well, you and I, we watched this whole cricket game. <laughs> how many rules do we know? We know <laughs> some of them, but not all of them. <laughs> I know zero of them, except you hit a ball with a funny looking there flat bat. Yeah. That's it. And that's, that's it. not even called a bat. So, and you get to bat until you're out. Yeah. yeah. They bowl at you. They don't pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, if you hit one of those three sticks behind him and knock the top off, that's the wicket. Mm-hmm. Then you're out. Yep. But if you can hit it so it rolls outside this circle, you get so many runs. If you, mm-hmm. And then you have a, a teammate who runs back and forth with you to the wickets, and they also bat if they get caught at home. It's very complicated, but yet the director did a very good job of showing us enough of the basics that people like you and me Mm. understand it. And you wind up watching three days worth of play. So just fair (laughs) warning, but because you know, the characters by then you care enough and you're invested enough. And I've seen this movie, gosh, four or five times. And still at the end, even though I know how it ends and I know the final move that ends it, I was sitting on the edge of the couch, literally just dying for it to happen. (laughs) He manages to keep the tension high enough that you're really invested. I mean, it's so well made. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I was very into it. I was like, come on. (laughs) Yeah. You guys need to win this game. Yeah. Well, and you know that they have to win. This is part of the rules. Mm-hmm. When you go into a movie like this, you know the ending. Yeah. The underdog has to win. Otherwise, why are you telling me the story? Mm-hmm. But how it happens, what who is paid off, what revenge is shown, what yeah. does the win mean to different people? Those are the elements that are so satisfying to see. Because you don't know exactly how that's going to play out. Yeah. And, and it was a fun touch also having the hills around the field were covered with villagers from nearby because they were all invested too. And so in order to keep us up with what's going on, although this was made for Indians, but it didn't hurt to do it. None of these villagers knew the rules. So there's a disaffected former servant of the captain who's Indian. He's over there with a megaphone going, and now because of this, they have three chances for that. And right. everybody, yay! yay. <laughs> or silence because they're worried, you know. Mm-hmm. So that helps uh, keep everybody in tune with what's happening in the game. Yeah. Also. Yeah. yeah, I didn't understand why there was suddenly, you know, he's only got this many balls left. You know, I, I, don't, I don't understand that rule. <laughs> I thought they got to bat till they were out, but, um, you know, because it lasted for days. Oh, so, when he kept saying we have you have to. Well, get a at the single. at the very end, it's like you you have this many left, and you have to get this many points. I understood the points, but why was there a cutoff? Are, are cricket matches cut off at three days? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are. Yeah. Are they okay? So that's it. Then. Yeah, yep. I didn't yeah, know what so the rule the was. Yeah, so the then when they said we have one hour left, that was till the match was done. Yeah, so right. so the timer was ticking down, and the mm-hmm. thing when they were saying, and this might have been more obvious. Um, when he was saying we have to get a single, not a double or more, mm. is because 
Amir Khan always had to wind up back as the person who was going to bat because yeah, his partner yeah. was just there to run. Right. That I understand. That is the thing where you mm-hmm. start start mm-hmm. seeing the strategy and also yeah. the extra sadistic little touches all the horrible British teammates were making. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because these people are beneath contempt. Yeah. Little cheating so, going on. and Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, and you know the thing that gets me, and you see this in any cricket games that are shown in these movies – which I have seen more of than I would have believed. <laughs> um, they're somehow allowed to hurt people by hitting them with the ball, and everybody just goes, "Oh, bad luck!" <laughs> you yeah, know, so you throw the ball right at their head, and they get knocked out, and it's yeah. like, "Oh, that's too bad." And I'm like, "Wait, <laughs> what? What about? Why are you doing this? Yeah, how, how are you not getting thrown out?" And they're like, "Well, that's just part of the game." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that was interesting. I did, I did look that up, and the rule is if. If a batsman gets injured, they can leave the game, but they have the right to finish their bat later, which actually happened in the movie too. Oh, that's the guy who had the the boy running for him because his leg had been exactly. Um, I don't know about the boy getting to run for him, but the but the rule is well, if, you, if you said, have to leave because yeah. you're ill or injured. While you're mm-hmm. batting, you do have a right to come back later and finish okay. your at bat. So yeah, because otherwise <laughs> it's one bat and you're out because yeah. it's basically like two hugely long innings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one side gets to do all theirs once, mm-hmm. and they can stay in as long as they can. Yeah, and the other side then does theirs, and it's three so, days, yeah. so that's a day and a half for everybody if if they're managing everything right. And how strong they are and everything. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a bewildering game. I <laughs> won't deny it. But yeah, well. we have a simpler, more pure, straightforward film. <laughs> perhaps more like Gilly Dondi, for all I know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, if I'm saying that right, and I'm probably not. I'm probably torturing anybody who does know how you say it. So um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, since we have been talking about the cricket part of it, is that I enjoyed... That when the Sikh comes to join from another village, this is also a very Indian thing. Sikhs, and this is the guy who had the little turban, and it was all covered. His hair was all covered with cloth, and mm-hmm. he had the little like a man bun on top, but it's all under a turban. Yeah, he's a Sikh. Sikhs are famous for being warriors, and I mean so much so that when you read the history of their area, which is I think the Punjab. They would have these battles where 70,000 of them would die in battle, fighting off invader armies, and the women would be in there too. I mean, just they're the lions of India. And if I get that wrong, I apologize, Mm -hmm. but this is my very basic understanding. And so when he shows up, a lot of them would often fight for the British until, as this guy's disaffected. Mm -hmm. But he knows how to play cricket because of this. Yeah. And when he hates the British, he really hates them. <laughs> yeah. So it made me think of this thing in, uh, have you read Kim? No, I have not. Have I read your Kipling? Yeah, I know, okay. I know of it, but have not read it. There's a story that someone tells who is a warrior like this who fought for the British and when the revolutions were happening against the British and everybody was being massacred. He saved his, um, his uh, employer was an officer and he stayed behind to guard the family, and he took the wife and child on his horse and rode and got them to safety. And he was then considered an outcast by a lot of the people he knew who were Indians. Hmm. 
And so this is a real level of tension. What did you do during the war? Who did you help and why and all this stuff? And so people will cast others out, I mean, at least in Kipling's time. And so there's no neat reason to think that that history wouldn't have been known here, too. Yeah, yeah. So that's just that little bit of character coming in. And he's the one who says, I will fight the British wherever I can. <laughs> and if I do it yeah. on the playing field, that's okay. <laughs> Let me and in, it, yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. it made me think, um, Marshall McLuhan, yeah. who said, you know, the medium is the message. So... He was, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, he was what, like a media theorist or something, very influential in the 60s and 70s about how things like when you watch TV, you're not just taking in the story, it's also changing you at the same time because of the way the story is told versus like the way radio will change you versus all these things. And he said, sports is a controlled form of violence, Hmm. which seems really obvious when you hear it like that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's like it's a replacement for, you know, like like football, for example. Football or rugby yeah. is like a replacement for battle. Yeah, it's the first thing I thought of was football because you've mm-hmm. got these two sets of teams. You know the strategy. It's how well do you play the strategy? How well do the other people do? And um, you have, at that point, a rivalry. Our town is better. Yeah. Or our state is better. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yep, and you get these tribes uh, of fans, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, and you see it around the world, soccer. Yep. You know, it's yep. a big one. But for sure, it, it is as strong as patriotism, for sure. Yeah, and they can be friendly rivalries, or they can be ones where, like, <laughs> my favorite story about the Troy Aikman, a uh, uh, really good uh Dallas Cowboys quarterback, who most people have heard of if they know football, uh, he's now a sportscaster, right? And he's and Dallas has this deadly rivalry with um, Pennsylvania or Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, Philadelphia. Right. And he was in the elevator in the stadium going to the sportscasters booth, and a bunch of Philly fans were in there, and they saw him, and he's like, "Hi, how you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> His fellow sportscaster Joe Buck was telling this story, and he's like, "I have never seen such deadly looks given to you." <laughs> they still weren't forgiving him. Deadly, yes, I love it. <laughs> and he'd been retired for a long time. He just seems yeah. like the nicest guy in the world, and everything. Oh, shoot. And it's like the time when um, the Patriots were going to play uh, Philadelphia, and so there was a there was a cartoon map of who wants the. Patriots to win and who wants Philadelphia to win and the whole country was green for Philadelphia except for Boston or New England and Dallas because <laughs> Dallas hates Philadelphia so yes. much for that so it's that mm. same thing of it doesn't even matter because I don't even know people from Philadelphia and if I did I'm sure they're perfectly wonderful people but for football no thank you they're, they're monsters and they always should lose and definitely cheaters and thugs. Uh, I Done. love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Just just a few days ago, um, a friend of mine, uh, he, he was just making a joke. And he, he said, we need to uh, sneak into this class um, in disguise. And um, I said, yeah, that'd be pretty funny. you know." And he said, you know what your disguise would be? You should dress up as a Philadelphia Eagles fan. <laughs> 
<laughs> because he's an because... Eagles fan and I'm a Cowboys fan, and <laughs> yeah. it was just, it was just like, yeah, well, that that's that's a step too far. I can't, I can't wear green. <laughs> just, I can't even do it. I have, I have a soul. <laughs> Come on. It's oh. like asking the Raja to eat chicken. Yeah, it's too fun. Some things are not yeah. going to happen. So yeah, but um, I, but I I understand like cricket matches between England and and India are just intense. Um, oh, to this well, day, you know, and and uh, then you go back to soccer, you know, like the World Cup. Um, oh my I don't gosh! Know. Yeah, I, I soccer don't hear is much more about, intense. Yeah, I don't hear much oh, yeah. about India in the World Cup, but. Uh, you know, the World Cup, everybody's playing for country, you know, and uh, that is an intense competition, you know. Um, I usually well, watch that rem- every year. Yeah, and do you remember Bajrangi Bajan? Yeah. Where it, um, one of the things that was happening was on TV that reveals the little girl's Pakistani identity, mm. since she's mute, Right. is Pakistan's playing India. Mm. And she's rooting for the wrong side. They're all like, stop it. Those yeah, people what are you are doing? Awful. What are you doing? Yeah. Don't vote for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so really quickly, I just want to, wanted to say, thinking of sports as violence and thinking of the Indians and the way they feel about the Raj, this, of course, in, is natural in the movie, but um, it did make me think of after India became the accepted entry or accepted uh, nominated film for the Oscars, the Mm. Daily Telegraph wrote, which is a British paper, wrote, a Bollywood film that portrays the British in India as ruthless sadists and mafia-style crooks has been chosen as Delhi's official entry to the Academy Awards. (laughs) (laughs) I read that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh. We were also colonies a long time ago. It's like, I don't feel that way about the British now at all. They're our Mm -hmm. good friends. But you think about back then? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah, that that checks out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Take my guns away and have people boarded in my house, will you? (laughs) I don't think so. Yeah. (laughs) I still remember my revolution. That's right. So, anyway, that was just funny. That is funny. (laughs) That is funny. So, go ahead. You were going to say. No, I was just going to say, you know, if we look at Captain Russell again. I thought it was Mm -hmm. very interesting, you know, after he made this bet, um, that even the people, the English folk, um, like like his superior, said, what in earth are you doing, you know? Yeah. And he's like, I don't approve of this at all. You know what? If you lose, you're going to pay those taxes. Um, And I I thought that was was kind of an amazing moment, too. It was like... You know, you had this specific Englishman that was the focus of the ire of the, you know, if the filmmaker was right. making any points. But the idea that there were Englishmen who were like, this is unacceptable. Um, and they showed that, you know, I thought that but was remember, interesting. remember, it was unacceptable because they needed the money. Yes. They needed okay. the Lagan. Very good. It wasn't mm-hmm. unacceptable because they made the bet with the villagers. Yeah. It was because of what he bet. So okay. the thing yeah. I liked about that, actually, was that it was kind of showing, you know, this guy's sadistic, but these guys are essentially businessmen. Mm. They're kind of neutral to in that sense of going, you know, well, and, and that, because they're going to honor the parameters of the wager, mm. like football or like a battle. 
Yeah. Here's what we're doing. Here's the way it runs. Is this is what's <laughs> cricket, so to speak? And you will take our ire, as you say, if mm-hmm. um, it goes wrong because you made a horrible mistake. You shouldn't have made this bet. Yeah. And then they're coming to watch. You know, they're the old guys who are sitting by the side, going, "Good shot! Oh, bad luck!" <laughs> Even for the Indian side, because they're just enjoying watching a good game of cricket. Right, because they're going to get their money no matter what, (laughs) either if it's from Captain Russell or from the Indian people. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And it is interesting, you know, from a moral standpoint, it's like, yeah, we will come in and occupy this country and uh, take taxes. You know, you guys are basically going to be slave labor for our coffers. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, it'd be like, you know, to, to go back on our word on this bet would be unthinkable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, it's yes. like, yeah, we, we're going to honor our word here because we are gentlemen. You know what I mean? <laughs> Isn't it? It's yeah. just interesting. Yeah. Even with people who we consider peasants, well, they are peasants actually, but you yeah. know, in the in the under our feet idea. Yeah. Well, yeah. and the Raja can't help them. He's trying, but he's ineffectual. Yeah. So they're showing how his power has been taken away. Mm-hmm. His job is to protect his people, but he can't do anything about it. So right. he's basically um, just going to root for them. That's all he can do. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And then, um, you know, the character of Elizabeth Russell, too, who um, helps them enough, you know, eventually, really, to help them win. But it's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, without her help, they couldn't have done that. But for her to go out there and... And whatever her motives were, you know, I know she liked Bouvon, <laughs> but she yeah, did yeah. She did uh, make sure they had what they needed to win. Because I was going to kind of move on to another Elizabeth Russell thought, which was how incredibly awkward that whole thing was uh, with her whole character. Ugh. Yeah. So it, it was I, like, she, it, yeah, it was like, um, <laughs> it, it was interesting, you know, so if... You spoke a little bit earlier about, you know, like what maybe her childhood was like growing up with Captain Russell. And, um, you know, she said she doesn't have any friends and um, these folks are nice to her and she falls in love with uh, Bouvon. And then, can I say at the very end, are we there yet where I'm allowed to? No, go ahead. Yeah. yeah but then at the very end, it says that she didn't marry anybody. Because she loved, you know, <sighs> and I know this is a fairy tale, right? Yeah. So, but yeah. if, if you just take it on like this and you're like, okay, really? You know, so, so her whole life. So, I, I guess I'm just saying that, that this idea that um, she grew up with this sadistic brother um, may have, you know, hurt her life. You know what I mean? That that she that she was this way was a result of her upbringing. Maybe um, it just made well, me think about that when you said that because it was extremely awkward and weird. Um, it was it was a bad plot choice, I would say. Okay. And I yes, I have never talked to anybody about this movie, and not there haven't been that many people to talk to. Everybody hates that plot device. Mm. I mean, maybe not the Indians. I don't know. Because from an Indian point of view, and again, I hate to mention RRR, but you notice there. There's a white girl well-connected. She falls for an Indian guy. And not the upper-class Indian guy who's an officer. She falls for an Indian guy who's, you know, works in a machine shop. Mm. 
He's just so cute and chubby and <laughs> cuddly. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, it's junior NTR, so he <laughs> wouldn't. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> but this seems to be a theme that you, you see showing up in different movies. And I don't really understand the national mentality that makes it go. And if there's an, a nice white girl, she's going to fall for the Indian hero when it's not logical by the plot device a uh, necessity mm-hmm. out of nowhere she's just suddenly smitten with him and you know he's a super nice guy and he's friendly to her but he never gives her any indication that he would think of her that way because that would have been horribly painful he is very <clears throat> natural and never would think of her that way she's helping with the game she's very nice they're friends she can of course see the village and watch their festivities and all those things but that's it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's kind of baffling from an American point of view anyway, because there's no reason for it. There's a zillion young officers who, I get it, they're kind of smarmy, but, you know, they're perfectly good. None of them wants to date her. When she goes back to England, is she not going to come across other people? She's Unless she's bankrupted and has to go to Central <laughs> Africa with her brother, yeah. I mean, which, in which case, oh, I'm sorry, honey, that was terrible. But this idea that she was always uh, Bhuvan's Radha is incorrect because for her to be the Radha, and again, I have a superficial understanding of this story, she has to, he has to love her too and always mm. want to come back to her. Yeah. He never gave her a second thought. So, um, yeah, and so that Radha idea is, um, this is Krishna and Radha. They're both married. And um, let me look up Krishna really fast. Okay, so he's a major deity in Hinduism, worshipped as the eighth avatar of Vishnu, Hmm. which we're not going to get into because I don't understand that (laughs) at all. But um, one of his main storylines is that he and, oh, and he plays a flute. So I don't know, you wouldn't have noticed probably in the story, in the big dance they're doing, which is, uh, it's a festival dance and those are the best, <laughs> with the men and the women responding to each other. And it's the story of Krishna and Radha. And they're, so they're telling it very simply there of, you know, they're, they're always in love with each other, but they're married to other people. And um, Radha's mad because he's still going back to who Gauri, who he's married to. And he's like, it's okay, baby. I love you more, essentially, mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. Krishna says. And... um I'm kind of on Radha's side with that whole deal. But Mm -hmm. it's one of these stories that's held up as a sincere, deep, true love. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. To to a Christian, it's it's not going to hold up. Mm -hmm. But, you Mm -hmm. know, because they're not just good friends. But anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. But one of the things about Krishna is he's always shown with a flute. So, in the temple, he's got a flute. His statue does. Um, In the music for the festival, there's a flute here and there. Mm -hmm. That's evoking Krishna. And when they are singing the song at the end when they're desperate and the women all go, we can't play the soccer game, but we can turn to God and pray. Mm. And they're all in the temple and they're singing the song of worship and asking for help. There's a bit of a flute here and there. Mm. So it's like Krishna's hearing them. Interesting. And responding. Yeah. Nice. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. um, so Krishna and Radha are a theme that's picked up in this romance. And I would say, actually, um, yeah, 
he doesn't need a Radha. He's married to his Radha, Bhuvan, mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. Yeah. And um, didn't he play a flute in one of those dances? Um, Bhuvan? Yeah, that would have been the Krishna dance. Oh, I was mm-hmm. saying Gauri Gopi is. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. Gauri is actually his girlfriend's name. Oh. <laughs> I get these things wrong a mm-hmm. lot, and especially in this one, which has got some more complicated things than you'd think. Because it's a beautiful dance. Elizabeth is watching it with just falling in love with the village. And and the thing I do like about her character that I wish they had just stuck to more is that she is totally entranced with the village. She loves the people. Mm. She loves, she learns Hindi, of course, unrealistically in a day because they have to have her able to talk to everybody. But she's into it. You know, she's she's starstruck when she's watching the dancing and, and she's just like, oh, Gory, that was, you were so beautiful. What a wonderful dancer you are and everything. She imagines herself, you know, in a very painful scene. And she mentioned, you know, I'm married to him. And mm. so she pictures Bouvan in a suit, which is fine because that's how she would think of him, take mm-hmm. him back to society or whatever. But yeah. she also sees herself dressed in the village dress. She's looking for a way to belong to something that is bigger than the life that she's in, I think, more mm-hmm. colorful. And that is appropriate from, you know, we're not given backstory on these people and we don't need to be, but from the idea, the Indian idea of look what we've got. We've got color and life and spices and everything and you guys are a bunch of stiff sticks because they go from showing the colorful festival dance to here we are back at the waltz or whatever that's happening at the the fort and it's the most boring awful looking stiff dance so Mm. awkward this is how the indians see that culture well who wouldn't want the indian culture yeah for sure i'm on their side yeah vibrant colorful spiritual versus Um, business, business people, (laughs) you know, you know, so the English side is like you said, you know, businessmen, um, money is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, social grace, all, you know, all these rules, right. Not that the Indians don't have rules, but uh, it's just, it's a different thing. Yeah. Well, what, yeah, what we're being shown in contrast though, are these two things in this idealization of all the fairy uh, fairy life, the uh, village life mm-hmm. and everything. So from that point of view, her character absolutely works. And if they'd have just stripped out yeah. that bit of romance, which you don't need, you could have still had Gory getting jealous. That's legitimate. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's right. not been given any reassurance by Bouvan yet that mm-hmm. he loves her. Yeah, this he's is a busy. glamorous, he's, he's like, exotic you know, woman. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's focused <laughs> on something else, right? <laughs> I got things to do. Right, I'm trying to We've got to practice to catching chickens so we can learn fielding. <laughs> yep, yep. I did like some of the training sessions that they were showing of, uh, you can catch any ball because you <laughs> catch chickens all the time. Because this guy's kids are always hmm. scattering your chickens. You're always having to bring them back. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. that... That is really delightful, I think. Mm-hmm. And and something I wanted to circle back to before we left it is there is a deep spiritual element that's shown in this movie that um, some movies will or won't give you, of course, but I think Indian movies are much freer with it than any American movies these days. And so 
when the monsoon rains are coming in, they think at the beginning, they sing that song because the, the clouds are coming because rain is so vitally important. And Indians have this feeling about rain that comes through in movies that I haven't seen in other places, like, you know, monsoon wedding mm. um, and that kind of thing. So you, you can see the cracked fields and you understand they're longing for it. And they're singing that, you know, God's going to, God's sending them rain. This is what they need. And then, after uh, there, it looks like they're being beaten in the soccer match before the last day. They instinctively, the women all go to the temple to worship and ask for help, and the men crowd in behind them. Yes, this is what we need. Mm-hmm. We have done everything we can, and they go out again and do everything they can. But they have to ask for God's help. Yeah, and yeah. I love that that they go out and they're not waiting, and and God's not shown as. You know, oh, and then this miracle happened. The wind blew at the right time, the rain came in, whatever happened, no. In fact, until they've beaten them in the soccer game, no rain happens. Mm -hmm. They have to do it on their own. (laughs) But they're putting every effort toward it, and they're depending on God to help them. Yeah. Yep. I love that. That's great. Yeah, and you're right. We don't we don't see that a lot in movies nowadays, at least in the United States. Yeah. Well, and mm. it's really how Catholics should live, right? You prepare. You have to live your life. Mm-hmm. You prepare as much as you can. You do your utmost for whatever it is you're doing. But God is with us and um, supporting us in everything we do, mm-hmm. because that's what our soul needs in order to give us all the resources to open us up to do all we can do. Yeah. We we win or we fail, mm-hmm. but it's all it to say it's according to the plan sounds like predestination. Yeah. But God can work with whatever happens, I think is the way we trust it. I think it. that that's the way too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, reminded of the book of Job, you know, which we've talked about here. Uh-huh. But uh but yeah, even that, you know, um those lessons um, you know, it, it's, it's just, a, I, I agree with you, you know, that, that is showing us how we should live, you know, how we should be living. We should be giving thanks. That, that I think that's a super important thing as well. Um, mm-hmm. thanks. Yeah. I mean, but that's what mass is, right? Mass is Thanksgiving. Right. And, um, but the, um, we need to be remembering this aspect of our lives. And I think that's what this culture seems to be retreating from um, is Mm -hmm. this recognition of the greater, you know, um, just in daily life. So yeah, that is, that is a refreshing thing to see, you know, when it's raining, you know, just to say, thank you, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. The joy in this is the gift we've been given. Mm -hmm. It's raining. Yeah. And and again, when they're unifying all the kinds of people that kind of represent India, there's a Hindu, there's a Sikh, there's a Sadhu. He's the fortune telling guy. Mm-hmm. There's a Muslim. Yeah. So you've got the religions represented also. They're all coming together. They all worship God. And in this temple scene, no one's standing around going, "Well, I'm going to pray to Allah over in the corner." <laughs> yeah. The village is all together in seeking God's help, whatever it is. Again, once upon a time, you know, whether that happens in that way, really, you can still count that people will all pray to God in their own way with the splendors of light that Tolkien 
would talk about mm-hmm. to um, but to be good to all of them, yeah, to support them all. Yeah, unity and diversity. Yeah, <laughs> it's all back, which is also more how we should be. Yep, agreed. Not not splintered in diversity, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, like a shattered piece of glass, right? Yes. But uh, but yeah, and yeah, the, the whole the whole match was fantastically done. And you're right, I was on the edge of my seat. I knew that you know. It, like you said, there's this agreement. You know that there's going to be a positive ending. Otherwise, yeah, they've broken the promise, right? <laughs> so you know, you know something's yeah. going to happen, but how it was going to happen was still in question. You know, and um, uh, I, I just yeah. thought it was perfect. I was I was on the edge of my seat all the way to the end, and um, you know, it's like, man, how are they going to pull this off? <laughs> and uh, and and to do it without it seeming like cheating, you know, like the, the director yeah. just made it happen. You know, it didn't feel that way at all. It was just like, man, yeah, this could be so really well done. And how perfect it was because it's basically David versus Goliath. Right. But it's really mm. Bavon versus captain Russell. Yeah. They're the two who wouldn't back down. Yeah. They're the reason the wagers made and he hits the Bavon hits the last ball Captain Russell's going to catch it, and he does, <laughs> outside the circle. <laughs> yes. And that is, it because it has to be the final one-on-one, I beat you. So that, that's the bookend to the initial challenge of one-on-one, this wager has been set. It's just really well told. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yep, and the next time I see cricket, I'll pause for a minute and watch for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Just for a minute. <laughs> well, because right you now want it's like cricket, I don't understand this at all. But yeah, no. Yeah. And if you want more cricket, um, and again, I come away with about the same understanding as I have, maybe a little more from Lagan because they explain it pretty well. But watch eighty three. It's a movie that came out this year, starring Ranveer Singh, who is our Romeo. Mm. In um, the Romeo and Juliet take, we saw Ramlila. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is just such a good all-round entertainment. And it's. It, I thought it worked as a blockbuster. And it was a blockbuster. I mean, it did really well around the world. And part of that was because it wound up being one of the five movie foreign movies that was accepted for the Oscars. So every country sends their movies, but the Oscars pick five of them, which also seems extremely unfair to me. But, um, so this one is only the third Indian movie that's ever been accepted. Mother India was the first, Hmm. which I've seen. And it is, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a big movie. And I'm trying to remember the second. Um, it doesn't really matter. I can't remember the second one. It's one that if you know serious Indian movies, you go, oh, yeah, that one. And then this one, which is much more of what I wish we would see from Indian movies accepted instead of things like what won that year, which was something from Bosnia, which was so depressing. (laughs) And, um, of course, because it was from Bosnia. Oh, wow. um, Yeah, it was real, man. It wasn't like this, which told you truths, but you had a good time Mm. during it. Mm -hmm. And um, But this got accepted because... Amir Khan, who was the producer, uh, called his Indian friends in Hollywood and went, 
what do I have to do to get them to pay attention to this? And they were like, people have to watch it because it's nominated by the members of the Academy. So he flew over and spent a few weeks there setting up as many viewings as he could. And it's one of those stories where, you know, the first viewing had like four people, the second one had 10, the third one had 20. And so it started building like that. And pretty soon, well-known people are going, hey, I'd like to see this movie. And he's Mm -hmm. able to do enough showings that people went, this is a good movie. And so it wound up getting nominated. Oh, cool. Yeah. It didn't win, but he Mm -hmm. said what he loved about it was that India was united in wanting this movie which was unity through diversity mm-hmm. to win. Cool. Everyone was crushed when it didn't, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, just to be nominated meant America saw it, meant yeah. the world looked at it. I would never have seen it otherwise. Yeah, interesting. And the movie itself had kind of that hard luck story of um, they couldn't get it funded. Everyone kept looking going, oh man, this is going to be expensive. This is too big. Nobody goes to movies like this anymore. And it cost 25 crore, and I do not understand the whole crore. Let's see. 10 million, which is equal to 100 lakh <laughs> rupees. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. One lakh is equal to 100,000. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, it's this is why I get confused. I'm like, it's a whole lot of money, rupees. Mm-hmm. So, it costs 25 crore. But it made almost 66 crore around the world. Cool. And it was hugely popular. And a lot of times if you talk to Americans, go, do you like Bollywood movies? And they go, I love it. Well, what have you seen? Lagan? What else? Well, no, but I saw Lagan. It was amazing. <laughs> and it's a good representation, don't you think? Yeah. And Having seen. That is cool. You know, I know yeah. on the Americans guide to Bollywood podcast. <laughs> mm, I like yes. um, sometimes how they uh, they talk about like what a, a beginner movie or this oh, is, yeah. you know, I that, that concept in this is very interesting. It's like just a recognition of the fact that you may watch this and not fully understand it because there's things from that culture going on that uh, we might not make sense of. But they, they, they said mm-hmm. that this one is a beginner one, right? This one is definitely one that everybody can enjoy without having to steep themselves in, in culture or try to learn other things. But um, And I would agree with that. I think this is something mm-hmm. that will be enjoyable to everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, and as because as Roger Ebert said, you know, it's a story that we understand. But it's told with such a different cultural outlook that it's brand new and delightful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, super good. Well, and it also had, you know, for Indians, uh, it had big names behind it. Mm. Because we were watching it this time and the names pop up and we're like, oh, A.R. Raman did the music. (laughs) No wonder it's good. Oh, Javed Akbar, I think it's his name. Let me see. Uh, yeah, Javed did the music. Well, you know, from the Salim Javed uh, lyric te- writing team, you know, on the poster we have of Mr. India from the 80s. Uh-huh. He was one of them. Of course, the lyrics were great. And, you know, they got Amitabh Bachchan to do the um, voiceover. They had Amir Khan. And... Because the movie was considered to be so hard to make and a lot of other things expensive, 
he wound up producing it. So what Amir Khan said, the reason he wanted to produce it is because he could give this creative freedom. And he said, his example was if the director tells the producer he wants 50 camels, the director will say, why not 25? Can't you manage with 25 camels? And he says, if he's telling me the same thing, I will not waste time asking him questions because I'm also creatively aware why he needs them. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. And the little uh, area that they were filming in actually had been suffering under drought like that. They built the little town for them to be in and everything, which was very close to another little town just like it, essentially, (laughs) but Mm. for the acting to happen in. And then they built an apartment building for the cast to stay in. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because there was nowhere for them to stay. That's incredible. And, yeah, and right after the filming was done, a huge monsoon hit, so the area was being rejuvenated, Mm. just as in the movie, which was great. that's cool. But also a big earthquake hit. Mm. And the little town of real people was leveled. And so the cast members all started doing benefits around the country to help get money to rebuild the town and help the general area that had suffered from this. And one of the ones who I was most impressed with was Paul Blackthorne, Mm -hmm. who's known also for his photography. And he did photography shows and gave all the money to the little town. Oh, cool. That's showing the actor was not the role. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Well done, sir. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's just, it's really wonderful. You get that feel of village life from all the activities, the chickens, the whittling, the pot making, whatever it is they're doing. The, you know, you have the folk feel for the music and, um, it's the story we all love. Mm -hmm. The underdog, the people who have to first, learn themselves who they are by coming together and accepting each other Yeah. before they can take on the people who they need to beat. Yeah. Yeah. So they can be more fully who they are. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's a story we've seen a lot, but it doesn't get old. Terrific movie. (laughs) Thanks again. Yeah. Another one. It's just, yeah, this is good stuff. And I guess so. we should have said at the beginning, you can watch this in a couple of pieces and it doesn't hurt the story at all. Sure, we sure. We watched it over two nights. Which is what I did too. And I should also okay. mention that it's available on Netflix is where I watched it. Ah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. So it was just readily available. Go watch it. And now my Excellent. Netflix suggestions are full of Indian movies, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> you could not ask for anything better. Uh, that's right. My friend. That's right. <laughs> I love Just it. look up the reviews. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, you're, you're my source. So I'll just say, hey. Oh. Is this good or not? <laughs> Me or also um, an American's Guide to Bollywood. That's right. That's absolutely right. Since that's... You know, most pe- most people know that those are my two daughters, <laughs> Anna and Rose. So I'm usually watching when Rose is saying, we're going to talk about this one. <gasps> Can I rewatch that one with you? <laughs> uh, good stuff. Love it. Love it. Well, okay. So what have we got coming up next? Next is a book. It's called The Last Dance by Martin L. Shoemaker. And what have it we sounds- there? depressing and British or something. But what it is, is science fiction. And it's fairly new science fiction. But it, to me, reads like older science fiction. Oh, nice. Uh Yeah. 
uh, which is high praise for me. That's great. They're, they're That's not great. trying to be super progressive about anything. They're trying to tell a good story That's using nice. spaceships and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's, I think of it as a good summer read. So, this is my offering to the blockbuster theme. Great, great. Love it. Looking forward yep. to it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Talk to you very soon. Bye-bye, all. Bye.